Welcome to the Captivatingly Confident Podcast. My name is Kim Ludeman, and I am passionate about helping women just like you embrace your true self so you can show up confidently in your life. Join me as we talk about overcoming limiting beliefs, reshaping what health and wellness really look like, and take steps to becoming captivatingly confident. With all that said, let's go to the show. Guys, can you even believe it? This is episode 76 of the Captivatingly Confident podcast. 76 episodes. And we just started in September. And by we, I mean me. I am the one-woman show behind this podcast. My name is Kim Ludeman. If I haven't met you, hi. So glad that you're here and that you're investing in yourself by taking these little 20, 30-minute time chunks to challenge the way that you think about things. Because that's what this podcast is all about, is to really kind of unearth what's really going on when it comes to confidence. Because the way that society is, it projects this (laughs) completely false idea that confidence comes once you change how your body looks, right? Once you get rid of your wrinkles or your age spots, once you lose 20 pounds, once you put on the shapewear, once you find that outfit that's completely slimming or you wear a specific pair of shoes or you have a certain hue to your skin or you wear a specific kind of jewelry or have a particular type of perfume, or use this deodorant, that toothpaste, this makeup, that hair product. (sighs) It's exhausting, this search and this quest for physical improvement as a means to confidence. And if you were to chase after all these things, you would A, be in debt, because all of those are expensive, and B, you would still be where you're at right now. Because how many of us have bought the makeup, we've bought the spray tan or the the tanning lotion, or we've tried the diet or done this exercise routine and are still stuck? Is that you? Because if that's you, then here, this podcast today is going to blow your mind. Gonna blow your mind. So we have a lot of new listeners to the show. And I wanted to take a second and just give you just a wee bit of background. So you're like, who is this woman and why is she, (laughs) why is she trying to get me to change the way I'm thinking? So I spent the last 10 years working as a personal trainer and nutrition coach. And I've helped hundreds, if not thousands of men and women change the way that they view their own abilities and their own confidence through finding strength in ways that they hadn't found it before or in changing the way that they eat so that they have more energy and feel freedom from the shoulds. And that's the biggest thing that I've been learning and working on both personally and professionally the last decade is this idea that we are prisoners to the shoulds. We should all over ourselves every day, right? The shoulds are I have to do this. I can't have that. I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't eat that. I should eat that. I can't. I have to fill in the blanks, 
right? We have these thoughts that come up all the time. And some of them are like subconscious, right? Like you've seen that picture of the iceberg where it's got the tip that you can see above the water. And then below the water is like this huge mass. And that's how most of us operate. You can see just a little bit. The top of the iceberg is our consciousness, our awareness of what is going on in our heads and in our bodies. And then below the surface is all the things that we're unaware of. And a lot of times the shoulds fall into that unawareness space. And the work becomes bringing them up to the surface, allowing those shoulds to take up some space. And it's super uncomfortable at first, because attached to the shoulds, which shoulds are beliefs about the way that you should be living or doing. It's, it's kind of the lens you see certain aspects of your life through. These shoulds are deeply rooted in shame. Because if you are not listening to the should, you're acting against that should, then you're doing something wrong. You're doing something bad. And you do that enough, and that guilt, which says I'm doing something bad, turns into Shame, which says, I am bad. And that shame, oh gosh. Have you ever felt shame before? Have you ever let that kind of take up some space? Man, there is nothing worse, in my opinion, than that feeling of shame that says that I am not worthy of belonging, not worthy of love and acceptance. Brene Brown is one of my heroes because she talks about shame in such a way that it makes it it makes it more accessible in my opinion. And when you allow shame to kind of let itself be seen, you can start to work through it and you can process it and you can actually let go of that shame. And some of us have this real addiction to shame. My coach that I work with, Stefania Shimano, she is incredible. Oh my gosh. Guys, she's amazing. She is a shaman and a doctor and a life coach and a business coach. She's like this hybrid. And she talks about existential kink and like kink in the sense that we like things that hurt. And sometimes we get addicted to our shame story because we feel like it justifies where we're at. And if we were to let go of this need to have this justification, what then? If you couldn't justify all the things with the shame or the guilt, then you're left with responsibility because you are the creator of your reality. You choose how you show up in your life every day. You can choose to be happy right now. You can choose to be unhappy right now. It is all about responsibility and choices. And this all kind of starts with the process of unearthing the shoulds. So that's an introduction (laughs) to what Captivatingly Confident is all about, is helping you find freedom from the shoulds so that you can live life the way you want rather than how you think you should. And this is something that I am deeply, deeply passionate about and committed to helping women all over the world change. Because the freedom that you can experience from getting rid of those, oh my gosh, it's incredible. It's a high. You wake up every day and you're like, holy guacamole, I get to live life the way that I want to. 
not how my mom said I should or my dad or my teachers or my friends or my family or society says I should, but how I want to. What? What do I want that to look like? And it just, it changes everything. It does. Changes everything. So if you're curious about Captivatingly Confident, you can head over to the website, captivatinglyconfident.com, or you can join us over on Facebook in the Captivatingly Confident community. Such a good group. We are 200 plus strong women who are dedicated to breaking free from the shoulds and breaking free from this idea that we need to be perfect in order to be happy. So come and join us over there and let's get started in today's topic. You're like, wait, that wasn't the topic already? (laughs) Sorry, Kim's soapboxy today. I'm all fiery feisty. Okay, so today we're going to talk about body love. How many of you have heard this idea or phrase of body love? Raise your hand. Unless you're driving, keep your hands on the wheel. Body love is not something that I subscribe to. I am not a fan of body love. I am not a proponent of body love. I do not talk about it very often, and I don't really support the idea. Now, I can almost feel your reaction right now. You're like, wait, what? But I want to love my body. What do you mean I can't love my body? What do you mean I shouldn't? Here's a should, right? So let me explain before you get all fired up at me. Let me explain. So a lot of us, I'm going to include myself in this because it's something that I struggled with for years, have issues with the way that our body looks. And a lot of those beliefs we inherited from our mothers. God bless them. They were doing the best that they could. I believe that, especially my mom, she did the best that she could, but she hated her body, like loathed her body. She hid it in baggy clothes. She was always doing diets, always like sneaky junk food, always stressed about it. She never wanted to be in pictures. Never. She would run away from the camera. She would yell at my dad to put the camera down. And this this got passed on to me and i started hating my body because of it didn't look the way that it should it didn't look the way that my friends looked and i remember especially in high school seeing this like full force you know i struggled with a sugar addiction from age pretty much age 6 to 25 extreme sugar addiction and i know the word addiction brings up a lot of things for people but for me it really was And I remember in high school, I would bring Pop-Tarts for lunch or like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And my friends would either skip lunch or they would have like just vegetables and they would take diet pills and they would work out. And I was like, well, why are you guys doing that? And I remember them losing weight. I remember my friends did this like beef jerky diet and they all got from like size 12 down to size four. And this was the first time in my life that I ever saw it fleshed out, this body loathing in friends of mine. And it validated it for me. I was like, you too? But they seemed to have this willpower that I didn't have because I couldn't skip lunch. (laughs) I love food. I wanted to eat. And I couldn't eat just beef jerky or vegetables. I wanted to eat sugar. 
because I was dependent on it for comfort. And it wasn't until after college that all of this started to change. I lost my mom when I was 19, and that radically shifted everything for me when it came to health, wellness, body image, all of it changed. And it became a passion of mine to help not only myself, but other women find freedom from this idea that our bodies are imperfect. And there's a real strong movement that says, love your body. Your body is amazing. You should love it. You should just be so thankful that you have it. And this idea that we're supposed to love our bodies, it makes me stop. And it makes me think. And I hope it makes you stop and think too. Because there's a whole nother should right there, right? You should love your body. You should be thankful for your body. You should X, Y, and Z your body. And I think that it is a far cry for a lot of women to go from the self-loathing, the body-loathing, the body shame, the body guilt that is so easy to carry to body love. How do you go from guilt to love? That is a huge gap. And I think that it brings on even more shame and even more resistance because it's like, but my body is fill in the blank here for you, squishy, lumpy, bumpy, scarred, stretched out, flabby. It's too big. It's too small. It's too bony. It's too muscly. It's too wide. It's too short. All the things that your body is or isn't. And that's where we camp out, is in this idea that our bodies are flawed. And we, again, we learned it. We inherited it. Culture. (laughs) Culture. There's a whole other soapbox. Society and culture says that you need to be this way. Your body needs to look this way. And it is not a body love society at all. So then there's this expectation that you're supposed to go from loathing to loving. And I think that that puts a lot of women in a place of shame and guilt and fear. What would it be like? to love your body. And it almost seems laughable. Like, yeah, right. My body is all these things, right? And it, you know, I'd have to lose X number of pounds to to feel like I could love my body. Or I'd have to be able to do these things. Like I'd have to be able to run or exercise or lift a certain amount of weight or weigh a certain amount before I could love my body. Maybe then, maybe. And it's a big maybe. But I think that that idea that we're supposed to love our bodies can actually keep you stuck from even moving forward because it's like, well, I could never love my body, so I'm not even going to try. It feels like there's either, like it's an either or. You either love or loathe. But what if there was another way? What if there was a way that you could move toward love without having to get there? Let me explain. So I am a huge believer and proponent of practicing body acceptance. Yep, body acceptance. That is, for a lot of women, a huge goal. And it's something that feels almost insurmountable. 
this idea of accepting your body just how it is without needing to change it or without it needing to be different, but just as it is right now. And that acceptance is, I mean, that's, that's huge. That's the ball game. Can you imagine? Just put on your imagination hats with me for a second. Can you imagine what the world would be like if all the women accepted their bodies? accepted them just the way they looked. There was no more dieting. There was no more, it works wraps. There was no more shapewear. There was no more surgery. There were no more uh, lipo, like just none of that. What would the world look like? This is something that gets me really excited and fired up because I believe that it would be a world changer if women were to practice this idea of body acceptance and self-acceptance, but that's another podcast for another day. But practicing acceptance. So how do you do that? What does it look like? So body acceptance looks like being okay with where you're at right now. Being okay. That's it. You accept what's happening. You accept that you have a thigh gap. You accept that you have no thigh gap, which P.S. has more to do with the structure of your hips than anything else. Side note, you accept the lumps, bumps, wrinkles, lines, all of it, the squishness, the softness, the roundness, the straightness. You just accept it. You're like, okay. And this isn't an acceptance with resignation. I think that's the fear too that comes up for a lot of people is like, oh, well, if I accept, all hell's going to break loose. I'm going to totally let myself go. No, that's not acceptance. That's resignation. Acceptance says, I see my body how it is right now, and I'm okay with it. I don't need to change it. Would I like it to be different? Maybe, but I don't need it to be. I don't need my body to look different for me to be happy right now. Whoa. Right? It's big. This is a big one. This is what all of my work centers around is this idea that you don't have to change your body. You don't. You can be confident, powerful, strong, sexy, beautiful, attractive, on fire, just the way you are right now. Lumps, bumps, wrinkles included. Acceptance looks at your body and says, okay. This is where I'm at today. I can't, there's nothing I can do to change my body in the next 24 hours. So this is what I'm working with today. Got it. Duly noted. Check what's next. That's what body acceptance looks like. But first, before you can get there, you have to be aware of the thoughts that you have about your body. You have to let those uncomfortable feelings take up some space. And I talk about this a lot because oftentimes we don't want to let uncomfortable feelings take up space. We're like, oh, I would rather do anything else. And that's what you do, right? This looks like retail therapy, or it looks like binge eating, or eating out of boredom, or constant busyness. Anything to keep you occupied so that you aren't feeling these feelings of body shame, body dislike body hate, 
body loathing. And when you let those come up and take up some space and you sit with them, you feel it. Because we don't change when we're, when we're happy and content, am I right? Like change comes from tension and from discomfort. But if there's no discomfort, there can be no movement forward. So feeling those feelings, letting them take up space, journaling it out, processing it out, and then clearing that crap out, right? The uncomfortable feelings, they don't stay forever. It's not like you open the door and you can't control it. You You can even set a timer. This is one of my favorite activities to do with a client is to have them set a timer for two minutes. And for two minutes, they're going to let those feelings come and take up space. They're going to experience the guilt, the shame. And then when the timer goes off, it's time to put those feelings away. And as you practice this, those feelings take up less and less and less space. Especially if you're working with somebody to do this work. It can be kind of hard on your own. I always recommend using a coach or a therapist or a counselor or some community support to go through this work. This is why I offer small group coaching as well as one-on-one coaching because it can be hard work. I did this on my own and it took me years. And then I got a therapist and it took me years after that. And my whole idea is like, how can I shorten this process for my clients? How can I make it so that you don't have to spend the years that I did? How can we knock this out of the park faster so that you can start living the life that you want to live right now? Because that is totally possible. Because it's all about your choices. Okay, so letting those feelings take up space, becoming aware of the beliefs that you have, aware of the shoulds that you have. I have a free guide coming out next week. It's so good. It is a toolbox for dealing with the shoulds and how to stop shoulding on yourself, basically. And so make sure that you're on the email list because that's coming out next week. And it's totally free. And it gives you kind of some step-by-step instructions on how to ditch the shoulds. And it's the same thing with this exercise too. Letting them take up space, identifying what they are. You can't skip this step. That's the bummer. You want to move into acceptance? Yes. But you first have to be aware. And this is true for anything. Awareness is the most crucial foundational step because you can't change what you're not aware of, right? So letting this, letting those uncomfortable feelings take up space, moving through those and coming into a place of acceptance. And acceptance isn't a feeling that you get. It's not a destination that you arrive at. It is a choice that you make. You choose to accept your body. And some days that choice is real easy. It's like, oh yeah, I totally accept it. Some days it feels like it's not even possible. And you're like, I'm so bloated today. I can't even accept what's happening to my body right now. It feels out of control. It feels X, Y, and Z. And write these things down as they come up. What's getting in the way of you accepting your body exactly as it is right now? And remember, this isn't, this isn't love. This is just accepting. Again, accepting, not resigning. It's not the resignation and giving up. It's simply <sighs> taking the guilt and shame out. 
and just being okay with, with what your body can do and what it looks like and how you feel in it. And after you get really good at this whole acceptance gig, then you can move into appreciation. Whoa, game changer. It's amazing. You move from acceptance into appreciation. You appreciate how your body looks. You find things you like about it. You find things that it does that you appreciate. And you can kind of turn it, right? So everybody has their, their spot, right? Their spot on their body where it's like, oh, this part. And it's that like spot we love to hate on. And for me, it's always been my upper arms. I have, that's just where I carry my weight. When I gain weight, it's right in the upper arm. And it used to drive me crazy. And there are moments when it still does. But I've moved into that acceptance and that appreciation. And I appreciate all the things that my arms have allowed me to do. To hold my son. To hug my husband. To embrace my friends. To carry heavy things. To cook incredible meals. To achieve feats of strength that I never thought I could. Hi, CrossFit. Here's looking at you. And I appreciate them. Do they look how I want all the time? No. Sometimes yes. Yeah, sometimes no. But it, I'm past that. I appreciate my body for what it does. And that is an amazing step to get to. So first is awareness, then acceptance, and appreciation. And once you practice appreciation enough, then you can move into a place of value. I value my body. And it's a whole deeper level than appreciation. It's richer. You start to do things for your body. Maybe you take on a new way of moving. You try a different class or you challenge yourself physically. Or maybe you invest in massages that feel really good for your body. Or maybe you invest in clothes that make your body feel good, that make you feel good. Because I hear all the time, especially when it comes to personal styling, like, oh, I really want to do that. I really want to wear cute clothes, but I need to lose this amount of weight first. Then I'll do it. The problem with that is, one, you deserve to look snacky and sparkly exactly how you are right now. (laughs) And if you wait, what happens if you don't get the weight off? What happens if you do get the weight off, you buy all the clothes, and then the weight comes back? So why not move into that place of acceptance? Get some cute clothes for yourself. Do a personal styling session. Go through your closet and pull out fun things that you think, oh, I shouldn't wear that. Wear it. Challenge yourself. Put on the tank top. Talked about this last episode about how a lot of women cover up. Even though it's like a million degrees outside in the summertime, it's like longer sleeves or layering pieces, pants or capris or long skirts so that skin isn't showing. And if you haven't listened to episode 75, go back and listen to that because it is, it's a goodie. It's a soapbox episode, and I don't do those too often where I just kind of rant about things because there's a, there's a lot to accepting your body, which is why this is the follow-up episode. 
gives you a little bit more insight and detail into how to wear clothes that feel more revealing. And it starts with body acceptance. But first being aware of why you don't wear those clothes and what's holding you back. Whew, okay. How you feeling? You feeling good? This was a lot. I know it was a lot. But the takeaway message is this. Body love is an ideal that I don't subscribe to. I think it is a huge leap to go from loathing to love. And I think that it is much more realistic and sustainable and achievable to move your way through the process of awareness, body acceptance, body appreciation, and body value. And the same thing is true for you as a, as a soul, like yourself. Like your body is just, it's just the house of your soul, right? It's your vessel. But your soul, like who you are, like this follows the exact same pattern. I think it was episode 59 or 55, The Climb for Your Life, where I talk through the process of becoming confident and you move through the same stages as you do with your body. Awareness, self-acceptance, self-appreciation, value in investing, and growth. And what that process looks like and how it feels and what it can be like to come out on the other side. And the same is true for your physical body, right? Awareness, acceptance, appreciation, triple A, right there. It doesn't have to be either or. There is that gray space in the middle that says that I can accept and learn to appreciate. So I want to hear your thoughts on this. I want to know what you're thinking, what you're processing through, where you're at in that process. Head over to the Captivatingly Confident community on Facebook and share. Do a little post and let us know where you're falling. If you don't want to share there, send me an email, kim at captivatinglyconfident.com. I want to hear what you think about this idea of shirking body love, kicking that to the curb, and practicing body acceptance instead. All right, my friends, go forth this week in confidence and power. I'll see you.